Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. got to the point where you're really ready to stop drinking can you admit hand on your heart that you cannot moderate and there is no point forcing yourself around and around the ferris wheel do you want to get sober but don't know where to start or do you wish that you could get some positive results this time in my private membership group thrive you will find the recipe to get and stay successfully sober. Thrive offers wonderful support, guidance on how to start, how to get past specific challenges, and it also includes weekly Zoom meetings. There are many people that have joined Thrive on day one, and now they're celebrating milestones they've never achieved before. Visit www.sassysobermum.com thrive for more info or to sign up. Hello and welcome to Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I'm chatting with Suzanne who's in Stratford-upon-Avon and she's 647 days sober which is a few months off of two years which is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh it's my pleasure, thank you for having me. Oh it's my pleasure too. Um, (laughs) So um, why don't we get to know you a little bit, Suzanne? Who are you? What do you like? What do you do? All that stuff. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Suzanne. Um, I am a 43-year-old mother of two, uh, happily married. Um, I, yeah, my two children are my blonde crazies, as I refer them. So I've got Maggie, who's 10, Thomas, who's 7, and uh, they are an absolute joy, but they are trying also at times. Um, I uh, work for myself. I am a copywriter. So I, uh, I work from home and uh, deal with uh, clients on a day-to-day basis, a one-to-one basis, uh, helping them uh, create connections with people, their, their audience. And what do you do in your spare time? What kind of interests you? Um I love to walk or I have a dog. I have a, a Labrador and he needs a lot of walking. So I love getting out and walking on my own. Um, and I listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm out um, walking and things. Um, and uh, I like yoga and I like swimming. So I, lo- I do an awful lot of solitary stuff, actually, in my spare time. But I think that's, that's because it's it's for me and, uh, and it's quiet and it's it's yeah. almost meditativeness. Now, I don't meditate. I don't meditate have that kind of uh, switch off button but the things I do are meditative if you like yeah. so yeah um, I mean obviously a lot of spare time is just taken up with the children and their ever-growing social lives uh, but when I get the chance yes it's a solitary pursuit just quiet and uh, just let my brain relax is what I like to do you are a girl after my own heart I love having time on my own I, I really love it. Like gardening. Yeah. I love pottering. Pottering. Yes. 
thinking about making pizza dough. I I could honestly, when people say, you know, they'd be bored and stuff if they ever retired, I I would never get bored. (laughs) I've got so many things, so many books I want to read. There's, you know, like you, I love walking. I love listening to podcasts. It's it's a double win that, isn't it? Walking, exercise, podcasts, learning. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting, you know, talking about doing things on your own because I've had a really, really busy month. The weekends have been entirely taken up with events to do things. And, you know, the, the people I mix with and, and and this is nothing against them. And, you know, I absolutely love them to pieces. But in general, the, the events we go to with friends are geared up to be as drunk as possible. Yeah. Um, and when you're going to event after event as a sober person, exhausting yeah you can do maybe one maybe two but I've had three weekends of this back to back now and I am officially peopled out yeah I don't want to talk to anybody anymore I don't want to explain anything or keep an eye on anybody or be the Mm. one that's holding the purse or doing the driving home yeah I'm going to just do my stuff this weekend absolutely just remove myself from society (laughs) I love that I love that. Um, do you know what? It's funny. This keeps coming up quite a lot on my group, actually, about people that have obviously stopped drinking because that's what my group is about, but have stopped drinking and they kind of go to events or social situations that they would have done frequently as a drinker and they just find them quite boring <laughs> now. And that, you know, that is what happens, isn't it? It's not that you can't enjoy yourself in those sorts of situations anymore, but there is a cap, I think, in terms of the amount of time where on a, you actually enjoy it. You know, I think two hours and you're done. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And you find yourself in situations and, or in conversations even. And, and you know that in the past, if you'd had a drink in your hand, you'd have been fully invested in that conversation. It would have been the best conversation you'd ever had. Yeah. But then you're in it and you're like, oh my God, what are you talking about? You and I have nothing in common. Yeah. And you're trying to be polite. You know, yeah. you don't know these people well. And you're just like, I just want to go over there and get a cup of tea. Yeah. I, would <laughs> much, I would much rather be deadheading right now, but you know. <laughs> but I'm here because I have to be. Yeah. It's so funny. I think also I think as well what's important about that subject though is that it you know normalizing because I think that links in really heavily with when people in early sobriety go out and they 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 feel like they're really boring because they're not connecting in the same way but actually yeah. it's not that they're really boring it's just that that activity is just boring when you're not drinking it and it's about flipping that on its head and yeah. also normalizing that, you know what, it's okay to go somewhere and have had enough after two hours. Like you can Absolutely. come home by 9 30, 10, and then have your cup of tea and watch the news or read your booking bed or whatever you yeah. need to do. You don't have to force yourself like you have done all of your drinking life. Like you say, exactly. not forcing yourself in those situations because actually you love the opportunity to drink for more hours than you've got in an oh, evening. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> don't let you go home. Yeah, exactly. But I do, I do love that kind of, I do love that reframing. And I, I really try to encourage that in in my group and, you know, with clients is that it's, 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 you're not boring. Maybe that activity is boring now. Um, And I just think it's a nice way to look at it. Um, So, yeah, well, why don't we go back to the beginning? And why don't you describe your life with alcohol? There we go. There's a big question. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, so, I mean, 
I don't think I had any um, anything outstanding. You know, there's nothing crazy or different about mine. I'm sure it's something that people have heard the stories, the similar stories so many times. You know, I had a fantastic upbringing. My parents, wonderful, very loving, uh, stayed together. There was no major trauma in my childhood. Um, but I do remember, you know, that they didn't drink a lot at all, either of them. But when they did drink with maybe Sunday dinner or um, at a special event, if they had friends over, we were allowed a little bit. We were allowed a little bit. It was a treat. And, oh, when you're older, you can have fat. You know, it's from an early age. Mm. Already we were told this is something that you want to do when you get older. Yeah. But, you know, the decision was just engraved. It was so normal. And so you're never going to wait till you're 18, are you then? You know, as mm. soon as you can get your hands on it, which I did. I think I was probably 13, 14. Um, my friends were drinking uh, at Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, oh, I remember it well. Oh, my gosh. Well, you see, I didn't like it. I couldn't drink it. So I was buying four cans of Stella at the age of 14. And I was not a tall girl. <laughs> These big cans of Stella. And we'd, we'd sit on the, the local wreck and, and drink. I mean, I don't remember anything. Again, of nothing big stands out but it was just so normal yeah. it was expected and we had a friend's one particular friend's mom who who let us drink within the house and and I get it's probably a good thing we were safer doing it there exactly but you know the fact that we just accepted it she was like yeah well you're gonna grow up you're gonna do it anyway um and it generally that was just how life sort of went on I didn't have a, a, a big problem with it I just drank fairly regularly in that you know on social occasions mm. um and then as I got older and I was going out uh for uh to nightclubs and things I was quite socially nervous but then it became more of a crutch and I would think a little bit before I went out definitely um so expanding the period of time I was drinking of an evening even if it was only one or two nights a week the length of time was getting longer um but in general, as I say, quite normal. Um, what I would say is that I noticed when, after having kids, that my, I started to drink a little bit more. Mummy mm. needed, uh, mummy looked forward to five o'clock, six o'clock. Um, mm. It was my time to switch off. My husband would come home from work. I could hand the baby over and I could just, and I, and I still smoked at the time as well. I would literally take myself off outside and, and that would be my time. Yeah. And, and it, so then it became, Another way to find who I was again, or, or something along those lines, just the things we tell ourselves. Um, and then I increased again with my drinking during COVID, which was like mm. one long summery holiday it was amazing. Mm. The weather was beautiful. I mean, I know I was very lucky in that a lot of people had a lot of time in COVID, and I don't want to minimize that at all. But um, the paddling pool was out. It was gin o'clock early on in the day. It was just wonderful you know there was no work to go to there was nothing to do this is before we had to do homeschooling it was glorious um uh so really yeah I just I I knew there were definitely times during COVID that I knew I was drinking too often too regularly too much um I think I spoke to a couple of people about it not so much my husband I don't think I want to admit my feelings my worries to him but um I know I spoke be my very very best friend um and she talked about things and she said things like well why don't you try rather than just reaching straight for the wine at so and so time have a pint of water because some of it might be thirst so she was really trying 
They sort of give me active um, ideas to try, which was very lovely. But on the other hand, I spoke to my mum and I said, oh, you know, this is how much I'm drinking, mum. You know, it's every day. Do you think I've got a problem? And my mum said, and bless her, you know, but she said, well, are you hiding it in the toilet system? And I said, no. She said, well, you're all right then. You're not an alcoholic. That was her, that was her grade of it. That was her bar. So mm. I was like, oh, well, I'm fine then. Yeah. It's fine. This level of drinking is fine. If, if I'm asking those close to me, I must be fine. But yeah, uh, yeah I think it, I, I knew for a little while that it was too much. I was, I was not functioning in an evening in a way that I was proud of. Mm. And I think that was when I, I knew there was something going on, and I, I didn't do anything about it for such a long time. And the people around me uh, started to stop drinking. Just a couple of people on Facebook or something that I, not people that I hung out with all the time, but people that I was friends with when I was younger. And it fascinated me. Really? Wow, they've made this decision, and they're not an alcoholic. Then why would you? Oh, they must have. They beat, <laughs> or they must, you know. Yeah. And I was fascinated by it, but. Um, I kept thinking, oh, well, I've got this birthday to go to or I've got a wedding to go to. I can't do that. So Christmas is coming in. You can't do that sober. You can't not have a drink on Christmas Day. So there was always a reason to not not drink. But I wouldn't save my drinking just for those events. I was no. drinking throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, and I'd tell myself it was always later in the day. You know, it was mm-hmm. a time-ish. Mm. you know I wasn't waking up and drinking so I can't be an alcoholic yeah uh, like I say my mum then I wasn't hiding it anywhere so I can't be an alcoholic mm. um, I don't shake on a morning so I can't be I'm fine um but this is before you learn about uh different levels of alcoholism and, mm. and what it can mean and how you can function mm. uh, until you just don't function anymore mm. um but yeah that was me with with alcohol just I would drink way too much. I didn't have enough switch. If we were going out, I would go all out. Um, and the next day, people would tell me stories and I could not remember them because I would drink a bottle of wine before I went out. And so I'd be already half cooked for christening. You know, I'd already be well on my way. Um, I'd have fallen over walking home and people were like, I saw you in the street. Were you okay? I don't remember. I don't remember. But because I woke up feeling fairly okay, mm. then because my tolerance had got so high, then I must be okay if I'm handling the alcohol. Well mm. done, me. Yeah. And I never, it took a long time to see that it was an issue. Yeah. Do you know what strikes me about your story is um, that, yeah, that uh, there are similarities to mine in that it's almost like when you look back over the years, leading up to stopping you you can remember that there were these like inner nudges you know something something wrong you know having a chat with your mum and yeah but it's almost like when you don't get the val you don't get the validation that there's anything wrong and maybe you do some of the googling you know asking google yeah. you know am I an alcoholic I've definitely done that before and so many times and, and it's so and that's part of the issue I think with this whole kind of gray area or or middle lane drinking as I've also heard it called recently is that it is such a spectrum and yeah. there just isn't the narrative out there to yeah. cope with this it is literally black and white you either yeah. 
can can you either can take it or leave it or you're yeah. an alcoholic it's literally Absolutely. you know and that's our two frames of reference yeah you know, take it or leave it alcoholic and that's not the way it works that's not the way a lot of the world is drinking yeah. right yeah. now um and I think I relate to that period of it's almost like you're waiting for it to get bad enough. Yes. What do I mean? And, that, and I, I, I think about that as well. Towards the end, I felt like I was living on a knife edge. Mm. And I had a lot of anxiety yeah. that I would do something really stupid. Yeah. It really frightened me. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember, I look back and I, I can't believe there's certain situations that didn't yeah. get worse. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think I was also waiting, I was waiting for someone else to tell me I had a problem. Yeah, yeah. If, and I think that's also about education, isn't it? You know, if, if, if the people around you don't see it, if you're not on the street begging with a brown paper bag, um, then you're absolutely fine if you're functioning and you're in a house and you're making tea for the kids you must be fine and I think yeah I was waiting partly for an argument I was waiting for someone to tell me I was drinking too much and I was ready for the argument I had all the the um all my validations for what no I'm not I'm fine and I could stop tomorrow etc etc but if I could then why didn't I Mm. and I think I think that's why yeah in the end it was just all down to me my husband and, uh, you know, he's been fantastic and very understanding and very, very supportive. Um, but at no point did anyone say, I think you should stop. I think, you know, no one seemed to recognise and take me to the side and say, is everything all right? Because everyone around me, especially on a night out, was doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, to- totally. And I look back and have got similar moments where... I was having conversations with people and worrying about my drinking Mm -hmm. and they would say, no, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. Nothing wrong. And, and, you know, it's not about blaming them. (laughs) It's not their fault that I mean, you know, that it took me uh, however long it took me after that point. But like you say, when you're searching for validation and you can't find it and you can't find it anywhere, it's quite difficult, I think, to get yourself into that place, which fortunately we both have, but it Mm. is difficult to get there and it does take a long time, I think. I think had I have met me 10 years ago and I was able to talk to myself like I am who I am today but back then 10 years ago I reckon I would have a much better chance of stopping yeah because that because it's the education piece isn't it it's having the reference point it's feeling confident with the fact that well there isn't that narrative that's available for that um, kind of grey area, middle lane type of yeah. But this is essentially all the information that you can't maybe get access to. And, exactly. and, and not only, I mean, sobriety is massively raising its profile right now. Yeah. Like, even in the four years I've stopped drinking, the amount of accounts and services and things that are available, books and things that are available, podcasts, it's just so much, just so Absolutely. much. And there was some of that stuff four years ago, but not as much. And especially when it comes to alcohol-free drinks, I I was drinking Bex Blue. That was kind of all there was four years ago. Yeah, it was better than Calibre though, right? 
Yeah, the, di- the difference between that and, and now. And now, it's amazing. It's amazing. But I had a sobriety stint at 30. So that was, for me, that was 15 years ago. Mm. And back then, there was, like, nothing. No. Nothing at all. So no, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I genuinely think that there are more and more people gravitating, having that curiosity that we probably had five years before we stopped and then they're able to make that jump sooner because there's this little safety sober safety net catching you saying hey by the way you're not weird for stopping drinking yeah all these people over here that are doing it it doesn't mean that you you know doesn't you don't have to be these labels if you don't want to be yeah and just stop drinking because you feel like it's becoming problematic for you or you just don't feel good after drinking exactly all of that stuff you know it's yeah. no you're right you're right it is um there's so much out there on the market and it and it really helped me I have to say like I still you know I'm able to indulge in the habit so to speak I'm not taking in el- any alcohol you don't want to there's only so much diet coke you can yeah you know um it, it's nice to stand there and, and pretend or you know feel like you, you fit in with this pretend uh, gin and tonic or or similar yeah. or kind of grown-up drink basically isn't it Absolutely. like why, why shouldn't you have a sophisticated soft drink you know that. exactly yeah exactly. That's that's absolutely fine. max and spencer's have just brought some out just recently and they're, they're not even saying you know it's you know a, a so-and-so spirit you know trying to move towards whether it's gin or whether it's rum or something but it's just like a, a, a grown-up soft drink like you're saying yeah. they're really lovely and it is it's just normalizing this yes you can't have a drink you don't have to have Fresh orange or diet coke or no that's right something that's right my my favorite at the moment is because it's funny actually like I have tried a lot of the gins and it is nice I think when you go to a party or a barbecue or if you have guests and it is nice to have that kind of wow factor gin but actually I really like soda water elderflower squeeze Mm. of lime and a bit of mint from the garden I just don't think you can beat that oh that's lovely that (laughs) is really nice you don't need any fake gin so you know it just don't really it's just nice on its own but um but but anyway, um, I'll never get that sponsorship if I uh, say <laughs> things like that. So I should, I should move swiftly on. Um, so talk to me about the day that you stopped. What happened on that day? So um, I remember it's, it's so funny. I don't know about you, but I remember it so, so clearly. And nothing bad, nothing big happened. Um, it was a Sunday morning I made the decision. But I remember on the Friday night, because um, I, I was um, brought up up north, so I'd gone up home to see friends, and we'd gone out on the Friday night. I'd had drinks. I hadn't been overly drunk or, or messy at all, but I'd had a lovely night. I knew I, I, I was definitely drunk, um, but it was just a nice night. Um, I drove all the way uh, back down here the next day, and uh, my family hadn't come with me. John was at home, my husband, and... Um, we we had dinner, put the kids to bed, and I said, "No, I didn't need a drink. I'd I'd been out the night before. I knew I didn't need a drink. It's very strong in my head. You don't need a drink. You don't." But the more I thought, it's like, "Well, you can have one. Of course, you can have one. You, you're a grown up. You're allowed one." Uh, so I said, "I'm going to have a drink. Would you like one?" He didn't. He's that's him. You know, he's really good at not drinking. <laughs> you know, we just admire everybody else. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so he just, he didn't have a drink. So I had one beer 
had another beer, etc., etc. I was watching something on TV. It got to our regular bedtime, which isn't late, <laughs> and went to bed. I stayed up and carried on drinking. And there was no reason behind it whatsoever, apart from I was telling myself, well, you just like the taste. It's just because you've had one now. You have to keep going. Mm. In the end, I had 10 bottles of beer drinking on my own. I was watching television with one eye shut mm. because I could not see the screen properly. Mm. And then at some point, I've stumbled off to bed. I passed out. And, and, and that was the end of my I woke up in the morning just going, what the hell yeah. did you do that for last Why night? did I do that? Yeah. It made no sense. There was no party to go to no one was sat drinking with me I was totally on my own watching just a film on television mm. 10 bottles of beer I was absolutely rolling I was more drunk than I'd been the night before when I'd been hanging out with friends and I just mm. thought this this is too much mm. this is stupid mm. and I, I literally I think right there and then on that morning I downloaded an app to track my days mm. I um, I already had an Audible account, um, I downloaded some sober literature books, and I just told myself, you have quit. I didn't say I was going to moderate. I didn't say I was going to do it for a month, a week. I had to say to myself, you're stopping. This mm. is it. You have to stop. I think for some reason I had some non-alcoholic beers in the house already. I'd obviously been messing with the idea, trying it out a little bit. Yeah. And I just, I knew that they were there if I needed something, but otherwise, no. And I had to, and it just, I think I just absolutely, that was one thing that shocked myself. I think going out and getting drunk in the safety with others, um, being silly, falling over and stuff, you're with others and everyone's doing it. But then it just epitomized it. it wasn't the first time I got drunk on my own, but it really, really hit home that night. So that Sunday morning, the 10th of October, 2021 um yeah I remember extremely clearly and just yeah and I can honestly say and I know it sounds really cliche but I've never looked back I honestly honestly haven't I've I've missed drinking to certain degrees but in that I worry I'm not fun or I did worry I wasn't fun mm-hmm. um or I've you, you think that you need that the drink to calm down when you're having a stressful day so you, I've missed it in that way for a split second, Mm. but I've honestly not looked back. I've not regretted that decision that I gave myself. I feel like I gave myself a gift in that way. Yeah. Deciding to do it finally on my own. No one told me to. All me. I made that decision. Um, And I've often said to myself in the past over many years of of smoking and all sorts that, oh, I, I have no willpower. I'll never give up. And I am one strong-ass woman. I quit drinking. And earlier this year, also with your help, I don't know if you helped yourself, you sent me some voice notes, I gave up vaping as well. And and I'm just... Amazing. You see? And I'm just so... I feel so much better about me as a person that I can make these decisions and I can stick them and I've got the strength to do it. And then I just, yeah, that I made that decision that day in October. And, and it was... Um, weeks before my own birthday so there was none of this oh but I want to have a drink on my birthday it just it didn't even cross my mind I just made the decision and did it oh honestly you're amazing oh (laughs) that is so brilliant and I it sounds like you had what I would call like that laser focus Mm. you know you make the decision that's it you're just doing it 
Yeah. You know, you just you all you need to do now is work out how do I support myself because this yeah. is my desk, this is my route. Yes, I'm going over there onto emotional sobriety island. No yes. one's stopping me. I don't care how choppy those waters are. You know, it's like yeah. I'm going. Absolutely. Move out the wasting rays. <laughs> I'm getting carried away here. But um, yeah, no, I I I can really feel the just the power in the way that you were describing that and explaining that and probably because it really connects with me I felt the same way I just thought you know sometimes I've always been enthusiastic about things but I can also be flaky at stuff and stopping drinking is just so ginormous (laughs) it's such a big thing when you are a pretty big drinker and I've always yeah. been quite a party girl or you know known as you know that kind of big drinker in your group and stuff like that and then you break away from that and I don't know about you but I was the only one in my group that yeah did this like yeah. I've only recently got a sober friend and she's a really good friend so I feel very grateful yeah. but for the first few years I was just on my own doing it um absolutely it's a big thing it's a big thing and it takes it takes courage it takes determination it takes yeah. leaning into discomfort which feels bloody uncomfortable sometimes oh yeah and there's all of that conditioning that needs detangling from just that association with everything being a certain way with alcohol and you know t- that takes time to do that yeah. it takes a absolutely. lot of time um, absolutely and as, like you say if you if you if that's how you're seen as part of a group it's it's this pressure it's like you some people believe you've let them down yeah um, I've had I know I've seen people when I've been out even just recently it's like oh you're here I'm so glad you're here and then later on in the conversation I'll say oh no I am you know I don't drink or I'm not drinking or something oh why not why not have a drink have a drink no no I, I actually don't drink anymore I stopped drinking and I've actually had someone turn around to me going, why are you trying to ruin this for everybody else? No, you haven't. Yeah. And I remember just being like, this has got nothing to do with you. This is so brutal. Oh my yeah, God. exactly. But it took time. It took journaling and counselling. Yeah. Um, but it was a reflection on them and not me. But, you know, in that moment, you're like, oh, wow. Like, where do I fit in this group? How? Yeah. How do how does my life go on from here? Who am I going to hang out with? And, and as you've just said, you, you've just found a sober friend, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, like I've not really thought about going to any of these sober meetups, which I know are quite um, they're growing in popularity now. Um, and I just didn't fancy. I didn't fancy going to like a, a gym session first thing on the morning or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and and I just dismissed them a little bit. I was like, they weren't for me. But as I said earlier about the, the last three weeks, having been to events where it is predominantly everyone just wants to get drunk, mm. I wonder if one of these, these sober events, people just don't talk about drinking mm. and how refreshing that would be mm. to not talk about alcohol for the entirety mm. of your time because you feel that's what you're doing. You're explaining yourself to everybody. Yeah. You're you're trying to um, reason with them or the some people will come at all concerned. Oh, did you have a problem? And yeah. well, yes, I did, but I wasn't an alcoholic. Oh, mm. right, okay. Is it for mental health? Well, yes, it was, but it wasn't just that, you know. And I, I it, honestly, it's so bizarre, isn't it? That yeah. you are that you get grilled, you get yeah. socially annihilated for yeah. stopping drinking. It's just it's so Absolutely. nuts, really. No one asks mm-hmm. you if you stop smoking. 
just go, yeah, well, I know. Well I know. Yeah. Oh, if you, I mean, I never did, but if you were, if you were a habitual drug taker, no one's going to say, oh, why have you started? Oh, really? Which yeah. Is a problem. Yeah. But just be happy for you. Yeah. It, it's, it, but it's all about education, which has yes. been absolutely uh, a backbone of it for me. Uh, yeah. The stuff I've learned has blown my mind that we just don't know so much stuff about alcohol. That's so true. And I think as well, the um, you, you do, in those situations, obviously, we, we know that people reflect their own relationship with alcohol onto you. And usually the people that are piping the most are the ones that have the biggest issues with alcohol themselves. And so we know all of that, but it is still uncomfortable navigating those situations for sure. And you do feel a bit like a social outcast in those situations sometimes, but they do build a lot of resilience. You do build resilience. I think the more you go through them. Um, I, I even noticed differences from year one, year two, even in year three, I, I remember after COVID um, and we started to meet up again at work and, and get together at team events and things like that. And I remember um, my boss turning around and, and saying, oh, are you still doing this not drinking thing? You know, basically I was like over three years by this point. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he said, oh, God, you know, like, what, what did, when are you going to have some fun or what, what do you do for fun? It's all so yeah. boring. Um. And it still shocked me, really. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to respond to that. And then afterwards, I was annoyed that I didn't respond in a yeah, way that was, you know, kind of like, like put it this way. I, but, but I do think you build resilience in a situation. Yeah. So put it this way. Now, I think whenever I get that kind of comment or if I was to get that kind of comment again, yeah. I would not think twice about looking that person in the eye just saying, well, actually you know, I feel really good that I don't need to have alcohol to have yeah. fun, that I have learned yeah. how to have fun without alcohol. Absolutely. You know, and just because it, it's it's just, it's a weird thing, I think. And I, yeah. I, I do think that even if you're quite far into this yeah. sober journey, it doesn't yeah. mean that those situations necessarily get easier. There's still a lot of complications around Absolutely. that thing. Yeah, because you can't prep yourself. You don't... I can't yeah. imagine all the questions that are going to be asked because if you did try and do that, you'd send yourself insane. So it's not until someone yeah. asks you, unless, like you say, if you're so present of mind that you you can think of it in the moment, there's going to be a lot of learning like that where you go away and you think, you know what, what I was thinking of and what I should have said is this. And like you say, next time, yes. you have that answer. You say, look, I, I have a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Mm. You just don't need alcohol to do it anymore. Yeah. And when you do say that to people, and I have started saying, like, oh, no, I'm fine, thank you. You know, just being confident in myself, it's so empowering. Yeah. No, that this is this is all me now. Yeah. I am not yeah. trying to be anybody else. I am not using a drug to change whether I'm fun or not, or can I dance or not, or yeah. will I take that dare and do what you tell me to do? Will I laugh even louder at your unfunny joke? This yeah. Is all me what you're getting is the truth it's totally authentic there's no messing around and there's so much empowerment that comes from that and I'm so proud of myself for getting to there yeah you know 
Oh, it's absolutely so nice. And just just to wrap up that point about the social thing, the other thing that I find that I get, and I still get, I still get this, is that sometimes I, people pity me and they sort of say, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry that you're, you know, is it okay if we have wine in a wine glass? Or I'm sorry that you're yeah. not able to join in with us. Do, we, do you want some lemonade? But would you like it in a wine glass so you can feel included? <laughs> and, I, and I think to myself, like, they don't realise that I actually feel sorry for them. Yes. Because they are having this barbecue and they've got all this wonderful food and, and, and you know, nice weather well, not the moment, but you know, nice weather or whatever. And it, but you, but then everyone needs to drink a bottle of wine to have a great time. And I, I really feel sorry for them, but they're really pitying me. And that's yeah. just great. That's just like a weird dynamic to be in. Yeah. No, it is. And it's the only way they can make sense of it. Yeah. It must be that, you know, you never wanted to give up, but you had to give up for some reason, whether it was health, um, addiction, whatever it was, but you, you were forced to give up. It wasn't a choice. And if, choice, you, yeah. if you could, you'd absolutely still be drinking much of them. So I feel so bad for you. And I know you're all right. But as you say, absolutely. When you look at, I went to a party the other weekend and people were doing tequila shots. I felt sorry for them doing a tequila shot. I was like, I do not miss that. That is horrific. Like, why does anyone pretend to like tequila? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes you gag anyway. Like, as a drinker, that would make you gag, wouldn't it? That and Jaeger bombs. Oh, God. (laughs) I've had a few of those in my life. Um, So... In terms of, so you mentioned about, obviously, so you made the decision and sounds like you had really, really strong determination, kind of concrete determination going into it, which really does carry you a long way. You know, ha- yes. not, not you know, being 100% sure and 100% ready, yeah. despite the birthday in two weeks and all the things, mm-hmm. just knowing that you're going for it, that really, really takes you. A really, really long way. But yeah. what else did you do? So you got some of the quitlets. What other things did. did you do? Um, so I definitely had the app, as we talked about, which was yeah. great. Um, yeah, I listened to a lot of um, quitlet, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, I made sure I was moving. I was uh, doing uh, some sort of exercise every day, which was really important. And again, as we've said, it tied back into what I could listen to and how I could educate myself. Um but I absolutely had uh, the substitutes in the house. Now, I know that for some people, it just doesn't work. It's too reminiscent of, of what they're missing out on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's brilliant for me. It's, um, it, it just takes the edge off, you know, if you, you know, you've had a bad day or even if you've had a great day, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can have that, that fake beer, that fake is mm-hmm. whatever, and, uh, and still have the ritual of the relaxation mm-hmm. or if you're celebrating with somebody. And so that's been yeah. a great help for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I think as well, I sort of did a lot of work on myself. I got a counsellor, mm. uh, which is something, again, I'd thought about doing for a long time. Um, and it wasn't the drinking that stopped me doing that at all, but it became more prevalent that I was like, okay, things are going to start shifting in me, absolutely. And I want to work out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and she has been amazing. Um, uh, so I've learned so much about myself through her uh, well with her not through her with her (laughs) and uh, yeah she's recommended things to me yeah so that that was life changing for me so uh, 
um I definitely credit that as a big help yeah that's nice though isn't it as well to just invest in yourself absolutely yes yeah you know? the, other, the other thing I did that I was able to do um when you talk about investing in yourself like I started believing in myself I found my own confidence a lot more um and I actually uh quit my job and, and started my own business and and I'm pretty sure I would not have done that if I'd still been drinking in the way I was because I used to make very lazy decisions um and it wasn't the alcohol that made me make the decisions because a lot of these decisions were during the daytime or you know when I wasn't actively drinking I think it's drinking sort of sapped my ambition I didn't need to try hard to do anything um but yeah I made a lot of lazy decisions I just rumbled on I knew I was good at my job don't get me wrong and I enjoyed what I used to do but I didn't want to strive harder for anything um and getting to know myself through like with the confidence I found and with the counselor and everything I found that I was missing something I found that I wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing every day um yeah. circumstances changed so I actually worked in Europe I worked in in Germany and I used to fly over um and I would have had to change how I lived my life rather than being able to commute. The job was changing and I would have needed to spend a lot more time over there. So I was sort of pushed into the decision of leaving that particular job. But a few years ago, I probably just would have found another job local to me that I could have gone to, nine to five. Um, and I just, I realised I wanted to do something that brought me joy. I really, really loved. And I'd never taken the time to do that before. And writing has been something I've always loved doing. Um, even from a young age, um, and and so I found a way I could incorporate the writing into uh, something that's lucrative that I can make money from, and I I would not be where I am if I'd not given up drinking. I'm pretty sure about that. So, yeah. wow, that's a, a brilliant thing for me. That's one thing I've gained. What's well, the biggest thing I've gained um, alongside, as I say, the confidence and the pride, mm. uh, the early mornings, the the, the want to get up on a morning the want to go to bed at night so that it can feel good on a morning all those mm. things mm. but I'm so proud that I've started my own business and uh, mm. I wouldn't have done that if I've been drinking I don't think oh that's amazing that's so good I do think alcohol keeps you small and yeah. it keeps your world small yeah you know it just all becomes about really drinking fun and that's it it doesn't Absolutely. really expand past that. You live for the weekend or you live for the evening. Yeah, you know? Fridays. Like, yeah. it's Friday. Like, we're just living for Friday. Exactly. Like, there's a whole week before Friday, for God's sake. Absolutely. But that's, I was on that repeat, on that cycle for yeah. a, a long time. A long yeah. time. Um, when I stopped drinking, I definitely felt like the universe was shifting a little bit and that good things were happening for me. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it does sound a bit strange thinking, is this down to me stopping drinking? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like you. I actually genuinely think that I was more open to certain opportunities and maybe different approaches, Absolutely. you know, when I wasn't drinking. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just exactly. felt like more was coming in. And Absolutely. Once you start doing something good for yourself, you see more good around yeah. yourself. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. That's it. Just investing in yourself, believing in yourself. Yeah. It's, it's transformational. It's especially like for me, like I say, I've just, I've learned so much. It's been, I, and that's why I don't regret it. That's why there's nothing in me yes. that thinks, oh, if I could just go and have, no, 
you know, there's no amount of fun at the bottom of a bottle that could take away what I've learned over the past couple of years and, and where I am now with my life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so true, isn't it? Like that regret thing. I, I just think we have so much power within mm. us. And um, perhaps you were like me in that I spent a long time just unaware of my own power. If anything, yes. I just always put my power down. I didn't notice it. And actually, it was just really good at um, just putting myself in situations where I wasn't being very valued or yes. just not yeah just just really disconnected from myself I think and since I stopped drinking and and then for me obviously like later on into my journey two and a half years in possibly it was around the time I you know started getting more involved in the sober world and it just feels like it's been kind of endless stream of positivity just being able to help people and you know, see other people healing all the time. Yeah. Every every day in my inbox on my Instagram, there are just people like healing, thank yes. you, thanking me or, you know, the podcast or telling me that they've done seven days sober and, yes. you know, and all that stuff. And it's like, I've just immersed myself in all this positivity. And it's just, yes. it's, it's so lovely. And it's something exactly. to feel really proud of. So whatever it is that you're achieving, yeah. you're achieving just something brilliant by, like you say, put, putting that drink down, yeah. focusing, focusing inward, trying yeah. to get to know yourself and to love yeah. yourself and support yourself better, and then taking a few more risks or jumping into yeah. some different opportunities and just feeling feeling happy and confident in, in yeah. that. I think there's just, yeah, it's a I great mean, place. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. And the fact you when I look at you and obviously you were the first, one of the first people I followed um Aww. on Instagram uh when uh when uh, I first decided to get sober but from what you just said like that the time and energy you've been afforded to help people like me even remotely through the ether and things like this you've given yourself by putting the drink down yeah. you know we wouldn't have had that time that energy that propulsion to do anything whether it's spending more time with our kids, whether it's investing in, in our own business or for you, the wonderful help that you give to so many people, you just wouldn't have been there before because yeah. we were too tired from the night before, too obsessed with when we were going to drink again. And have we got enough drink in the fridge to keep us going? Yeah. Our brains were just taken up with so yeah. much. Yeah. And now we've got so much more to give yeah. others that were, that were reaping the benefits absolutely yeah so true I think as well there's so much there's so much light and yeah just I don't know like positivity is not quite the right way but that comes from a really dark quite destructive thing that I was doing and Mm -hmm. I think you know that night that you were describing about those 10 beers and for me was you know a blackout with my friends And that following morning, just that shame, the weight of that shame and fear and, you know, anxiety and just feeling so rubbish, so disconnected from myself, so rubbish. Like, what? Who even am I? (laughs) I don't even know who I am. Like, why am I acting this way? I don't remember anything. Remember, And then for for something so good and so positive and just, yeah, just something brilliant to come out of that, to be where we are now. 
it's mm. must it's so inspirational for a lot of people I think that actually if you are in the early days and you're feeling any of those really horrible mm-hmm. feelings at the moment that you know you can't do it or that Absolutely. you're just feeling in a dark place there is light at the end of the it tunnel is. there is you can yeah. walk through that tunnel you're gonna have to crawl through it sometimes yeah. or you know swim through it whatever it takes you just got to do it to get through it and Absolutely. you will get there Oh yeah, goodness. absolutely. I have a, a friend um, who I've gotten to know, and, and they're still fairly new in their sober journey. But I know that, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with it um, a lot differently to how I did, and they're sad about it. And they are still not quite ashamed, but they're not ready to tell people about it. And mm-hmm. and we talk, obviously, um, she's told me that she, she'd quit and things. And I just, I feel for her that if she can just keep going, she's going to reap those benefits. But but like me, the people around her still drink and people expect her to drink because mm-hmm. she always has. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much pressure coming in from all these sides that, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. got to keep going because it can feel unfair. Like, why can't I drink? Why, what's wrong with mm-hmm. me? Where did I go wrong? Why, why can they drink and I can't drink? Mm-hmm. Why can they moderate and I can't moderate? Yeah, there is a lot. Why, why do any of us drink? You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's not this thing to be admired it's not a great thing that yeah. other people can drink. I mean, it's everyone's choice and I totally respect it. My husband still drinks barely anything, but he does. And I would never ask him to quit for me, but I don't envy him anymore. I don't mm-hmm. wish I could be like him or anything mm-hmm. like that because, um, yeah, I wake up feeling great, feeling like myself, knowing what I want to do and, and happy for the day ahead. And that you can't take that away. You can't change that. No. And also time moves so fast, right? Like that's the reality. You know, it feels really slow in the beginning and like it's even getting to the end of the week or having the first seven days or 30 days feels like such a lifetime. But time really moves fast. And I, I see it on my group. You know, there are people on my group that have been there from the beginning. It's been running now eight months, I think, which is crazy. But I've seen them in the early days just having, you know, having all those same questions and fears that you just mentioned just then and just that feeling that they will never get through it. Will I really feel like you? And, you know, is that really possible to me? And I say it's it's available for everybody, you know, this is available for everybody. And there is that element of there, you've got to do the work, yes, and try to get to know who you are and change things yeah. up and do all the things. But ultimately, you just need some time to yes. do it. And how you feel today is going to be so different to how you feel in six months. And that's going to be really different to how you feel in 12. But yes. before you know it, you'll be like nine, 10, 11 months in, and you will have forgotten how mm-hmm. hard this was in the first week and two weeks. Like, you just forget, like, can you remember what it was like and really properly what it was like in the first month or two? Like, No, absolutely not. You just don't know. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I can remember once or twice, you know, being in a certain situation and sort of thinking, oh, I'd love to have a drink, and then realising, well, I can have a non-alcoholic version, therefore I'm fine. Yeah. You know, but nothing, no, you don't sit in the dread, you don't sit in the... Uh, the sadness of what you're missing out on you don't remember that you don't remember it and that's why I say to people journal because trust me you'll forget all this yeah you'll forget it it's amazing journaling is new to me which is a lot of people find quite weird because I love to write but I always thought well I haven't got time I write all the time I won't have my journal (laughs) honestly it's blown my mind yeah journaling's great 
clever. Yeah. I can work out, I can go into my journal and start writing really angrily about something or feel real hard done to. And by the time I finished, I'm like, oh, yeah. Print is off my shoulders. I feel good. Amazing. I thought it through. Journaling is amazing. <laughs> it is. It's so, and I mean, writing in general, but it's it's so self regulating. But, and and also, I do think that our thoughts reveal so much about what's really going on. And yeah. it's just, it's fascinating because otherwise, unless you're talking to somebody about this regularly all the time or maybe having counselling or therapy as well, you, you don't get a lot of that out. You don't get a lot of it out there. And so no. you kind of can just stay stuck in your head, like mulling about. And yeah. Yeah. it's not, it's knowing how to... Um, formulate the words even sometimes because and that's why it sticks in your head because you don't know how to say it or what to say or exactly you, you know actually forming those those thoughts and making them into words that's what what writing it down can bring you it's just that actually making sense of what's going on in there and you can write and make no sense at all and just reams and reams and then it'll just start to crystallize mm. and make more sense and you're like oh god that's what was going on in there and and, and it's just for you you don't have to share it it's not that yeah. you know it, it needs to be written beautifully and someone's going to appraise it at some point it's literally just for you to make sense of what's going on in your head and it's yeah it's brilliant yeah I totally agree um Oh, it's been such a nice chat. Um, I can't <laughs> believe the hour, like the, an hour has gone like that, Fang. So, um, but what would you say are your top three tips for getting or staying sober? Okay, so well, there are three things that we talked about at some point throughout the chat anyway. Um, the first thing I did was get myself an app on my phone. Mm. And it is, um, I think it's just literally called I Am Sober. And the yes, thing I've got about the same one. Yeah. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. By I, the way, there is a free version of that because I think sometimes people download that and I and it looks like you have to pay for it. Oh, but yeah, at, I am sober. It, it, it is free. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got it, and, I, and I'm running it as well for. I gave up flipping. I think I've just hit a hundred yes. days on my vaping. Oh, See? well done! But I love that you can put in your why and you can yes. update it. Yeah. And you can you can really track what you're thinking and, yes. and where you are and the different things. And it's interesting because I did put a why in on that very first day. Yeah. And whilst it's still valid, I've still I've got so much more to add to that. And I think having that daily check, and I know we mentioned it at the beginning, I don't look at it every day now. And it does prompt you every so often, do you want to pledge? Do you want to review? And I don't do that nearly as much. But knowing it's there and that I can just tap back in and just double check where am I up to, it's, it's yeah. a great motivator to, yeah. to sort of – they call it gamify, is it? It's like, oh, I've got made another day. It's brilliant. I get a little, you know, crown on my, my yeah. picture on my app or something. But it, it, it helped me a lot. Um, secondly, I would say educate yourself. Um, mm. But as I say, I listen to podcasts and I listen to a lot of Quitlet. Um, information that I've learned about alcohol, I know we touched on it, just how dangerous it is, how how our society is set up to normalize it and to make money from it. And that is why you will never hear the majority of the governmental um, announcements saying how effing dangerous it yeah. absolutely is and what we've been putting inside our bodies at such huge quantities. Mm. Um, I read um, or I listened to Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. Yeah. Which amazed me, fascinates me, because obviously written from the point of view that so much advertising is geared up towards yeah. women and to, to normalize it for women to make women feel like they'll be a better person when they're drinking that mummy needs it as I said myself 
all of that and just how we are you mean, there's almost no escape for it. You know, we're going to think yeah. these things because that's all we're seeing. That's all the messages we're getting. Um, so absolutely, Holly Whitaker, and I absolutely love Catherine Gray as well. She did mm-hmm. um, Unexpected Joy of Being Sober and Sunshine Warm Sober. I love them both. And one book that I've kept hold of that I'm going to make my daughter read when she's older, she's only 10 right now, um, <laughs> is Smashed by Corin Zalkas. I've read it, yeah. Read it? Yeah, mm. uh, I saw myself in it so much, that journey through university and just the expectations. So absolutely, um, educating yourself, read the literature. You're not alone. And there's so much you can learn about it. And you can see yourself in these stories and you can see there's a way out. You know, there's not, we're not stuck where we are. Um, And I would get a counsellor if you can afford it or if you've got really good health insurance. I don't know. Um, I'm lucky enough to be able to have a counsellor, which is absolutely transformed so much more. It's not just the drinking side of stuff. You know, I had a lot of other stuff that I wanted to work through as well. But absolutely, my my therapist has been fantastic with uh, making sense of why I drank, the excuses I made, and and then just finding my real self and uh, leading me on a Give me down a path where I was able to learn so much. But absolutely, those three things are I would are absolutely instrumental. To, oh, to amazing! Have you read um, "We Are the Luckiest"? Yes, yes, I wrote yeah. that down by Laura McCone. That's the yes, that's the one I'd not mentioned. That oh, one. it's such a good book, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Good. I thought so that, good. that would be up your street. Um, yeah. And so, if you're open to us following your journey, how can we find you? Um, so you would find, so I've got a number of Instagrams. I keep moving and, and, and <laughs> shifting them and moving on. Um, the one I'm most active on at the moment is my professional one. So it is my business one, but I do post personal stuff on there as well. Um, and that is Suzanne Freer underscore. Um, so it is predominantly talking to you how I could help you with your copywriting. So if you're open to looking into that, that's great. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Um, I have. I do talk a little bit on there about um, my journey and, and how pleased I am to be where I am. Um, but yeah, that's And just one quick one as well, just because your kids are a similar age to my children. Um, how do you feel like you might approach the world of alcohol with your kids? Is it something you've thought about? or? Well, we already talk about it so yeah. much. It's really interesting. So obviously, as I say, so my husband does, does drink. Like I say, barely anything, but daddy has a bottle of beer. Equally, yeah. mummy has a bottle of beer, but I make such a differentiation. Like, mummy's is no alcohol. And we talk about that all the time. Yeah. Like, yes, mummy enjoys this drink, but there's no alcohol in it. And so they're both. And so my son's only seven. And obviously, he was a lot younger when, when I first quit drinking. But he, he already he'll say things, oh, no, well, mummy's having that, but mummy doesn't drink. She doesn't drink alcohol. Yeah. Um, I noticed... Um, Unfortunately, I lost my grandfather at the beginning of this year. And at the funeral, someone had put a, a pint of beer down on the table near my children. And uh, and as I turned around, they were both sniffing it. Now, they weren't tasting it, but they were sniffing it. And I thought, well, I'll just I'll watch them because, you know, let's see what happens. And they both sort of sniffed and looked at each other, shook their head, which was the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh. But I went over and I was like, oh, what were you up to? And they were like, well... We wondered why everyone drinks it, but now we see why you don't, mummy. It smells horrible. <laughs> and I was like, it does smell horrible, doesn't it? Why do we do it? Isn't it silly? So we do talk about it. Yeah. Um, one of the things we talked about really recently, throughout COVID, we used to have, 
a Friday night in disco. Yeah. Literally religiously every week. By which point on a Friday night, I was obliterated pretty much. And I'd be dancing with the kids. We'd be dancing with the dog. It would be, and they loved it. The kids loved it. And, and when I gave up drinking, we haven't been doing it nearly as much. And we talked about it recently. And, you know, my husband made the joke, oh, it's because, you know, Mommy's not drinking anymore, so she doesn't, you know, want to dance as much. And I was like, do you know what, kids? I do want to dance. And for some reason, I'd forgotten how much I love dancing. And so we brought it back. We brought That's back Friday night, night kitchen discos. And and it is, they say, oh, it's, you don't need a drink, do you, Mommy, to have a drink, to have a dance? And it's just so nice that, that we do talk about it earlier than we've mm. ever done before. Like I say, I want Maggie to read a book about, you know, girls thinking they should drink and not remembering what's happened the next morning and just being aware of how prevalent that is and that mm. we've got to look after ourselves. We, we're putting ourselves in danger when we drink and don't realise what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I talked to both of them. They both need educating in a totally different way. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to it. I want to, I want them to live their absolute best lives. I know every parent does, and I'm not knocking any parent at all, but just with this new perspective on on how how your life can be simpler, safer, and just more authentic, happier. Yeah, um, I want that for them. I really do. Yeah, that's that's lovely. I I think I feel the same. We talk about um, th- that mummy helps people stop drinking, and so they have you know they know that obviously I don't drink. They wouldn't remember me drinking. Mm. Um, and that conversation is an open one. And I think for me, it's about, they probably will drink at some point and, and that's yeah. that's fine. But I want them to feel like they don't have to drink if they don't want to. Yeah. And that's not, that isn't the step. I'm not kind of shoehorning into that step. Like it was a bit for us when yeah. we were younger. It was like, that's what you do as an Absolutely. adult. And yeah. And I also want to make sure that I'm just educating them on the risks. And I think with things like social media and people being able to video on phones and just all the things that I suppose we 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 didn't have mm-hmm. that opens you up more to more shame if you you know if you if you do yeah. do certain things when you're drinking and you're in a teenage group, and yeah. you get caught on video, and blah, blah, blah. You can just see how that could go really wrong. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think the whole issue around consent and stuff as well, yeah. you know, and just with the mind of both girls. So I just feel like all of that, like, don't try and don't drink just because you have to fit in. Don't feel like you need to please your friends. And, yeah, I mean, I'm inexperienced in this because I don't have – teenagers and I don't really know what it's like and so there yeah. might be people listening to this going yeah yeah well you say that now but wait till yeah wait. oh absolutely but at least I will just try my best that's you know yes. that's that's the way that I it's not about trying to stop them from drinking it's just yeah. about more education and it's yes. just about that look it is okay actually to go against the grain if something feels yeah. off if your intuition is off on some thing you don't have to drink just to fit in no Claire and Annabelle you know you can you can ring me and I'll come and get you and it's fine it's fine yeah no I totally agree and that's why I let them smell the beer because before you say to them no 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 you can't no get away you're moving things out the way 
more they're going to want it. So it is, it's just yeah. being open to the conversation um, and realizing that, yeah, like you said, they're going to try it. Of course they are because, the, you know, unless things tra- change the, fundamentally very quickly, of course our kids are going to be, you know, their, their friends are going to get a hold of alcohol, you know, people have it in their houses or whatever, older brothers and sisters. They're going to try it, mm. but it's known they can talk to us about it, knowing mm. that, that there's a safe space and yeah, you absolutely don't need to do anything you don't want to do and just remember what, you know, who you are and what you want to do is the most important thing. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the statistics do show that younger people are not getting into drinking as much i think that there's probably there'll be more problems with tiktok addiction and there'll be online there'll be screen addiction but in terms of alcohol it's not it's definitely the uptake is not as big so that's that's something yeah 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 amazing Oh, it's been such a lovely chat. Thank you so much. It's been um, so lovely yeah, to, great. to talk to you in person. Like I say, I've been following you for a while, so it's been absolutely brilliant to meet you properly, Terry. It's been lovely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for coming on the show. And oh, um, yeah, thank you to everyone else. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.